Father, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just give me the words to speak again, Lord, and we pray, Lord, that you would just stir up, Lord, that which is in, in us, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you would just stretch us, Lord, that you would anoint this word, Lord Jesus, that it would not leave here, but Lord, that we would be changed by it, Lord, that you would change us, Lord, that you would just begin to show us things in the spiritual sense, Lord, that you want us to do, Lord, and what you want us to accomplish. Lord, we pray and thank you in your name. Amen. How many believe that God wants to do big things? Everybody, some of you? How many of you know if you want to accomplish great things for God, you got to be willing to step out and do great things, right? And then you look at Glenn and Jana. I mean, you watch, just look at the pictures that, you know, I'm sure they never dreamed 10, 15 years ago. I'm not sure the first time that they went with Terry and Marty, but I believe that's when they really began to have the birth of, they, not birth, but I believe they were pregnant with a vision that God had given them that this was something more than just a one-time trip, that God had placed something in their heart. And I believe that God will do that in all of us as we allow him that things, you know, that we step out and all of a sudden just God begins to do something and we say, you know, this is bigger than me, but I know that I can do it through God. Amen? If, if it's going to happen, it's going to have to be God. Two weeks ago, I had talked about there's a miracle in the house and um, I'm going to continue with that this morning. I had given you five principles and I'm just going to briefly, how many of you weren't here two weeks ago and Okay, so first of all, if you want to turn to your Second uh, Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 7, I'm just going to story about a widow, starting in verse 1, it said, the wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditors are coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Again, it starts with something you have. The answer to your need starts with something that you already have. Do you believe that? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and afterwards shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, she said to her son, bring me another one. But he replied, there is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, you and your sons can live on what is left. God did a miracle in that widow's life. And some of the principles that I laid out were this. Write these down if you can. The first one is know where to go or who to go to when you don't know what to do. When you have an issue, go to somebody that you know can help you, that can listen to you, that can pray for you, that can encourage you that is going to lead you in the right direction. Don't go to somebody that's having the same problem, okay? Or don't go to somebody that is not going in the direction that you feel God wants to take you. Seek 
godly counsel. Second principle, don't seek an earthly Messiah. The only person, the only one that's going to help you is God. Okay? Even though you seek godly counsel, Pastor Glenn or Pastor Arlen or Steve or whoever, they're not going to be able to help you. God's the only one that's going to be able to solve your, your problems. The third principle, find out what's in your house. Sometimes I think we have a very quick, well, I got nothing. That's our initial reaction. I've got nothing. But God is asking you, what do you have? Give me what you have. Whatever you have, however little it might seem to be, however immaterial it might seem to be, God is saying, give it to me. Because I want to use it. I want to show you how big that is. And I think there's a lot of us that think that we have nothing, that we're not worthy, that we have no gifts. You know, and I think God wants to show us and reveal to us his power, amen? Don't be blinded by negativism, but move on to the positive. There's always gonna be the natural sense, the, the, the natural instinct is to, to dwell on the negative, to dwell on the why I can't do it. God might give you a vision. God, you know, and all of a sudden you think, well, that's for somebody else. I'll go to Betty. Betty can pull this off. Betty can do this. Betty thinks it's a great idea, but it's not her vision. Betty's going to say, I think that's great. Go for it. Well, no, that's not why I was coming to you, Betty. I think God has laid this on my heart to give to you. (laughs) If God has given you something and you think there is no way that I could possibly pull this off, you probably are right, but God, right? But God, right? That's the thing that we have to, and that's where we got to move on to the positive. You got to have faith. You got to believe that I can do all things, right? Not just some things. I can do all things through Christ. So find out what's in your house. Don't be blinded by negativism. Move on to the positive. It's tough sometimes to be positive, isn't it? It's tough, but it's a choice. It's a choice that we have to make. Every day when we get up, On Monday morning, when we're not excited about going to work, you can either just moan and groan and complain, or you can say, you know what, it's a new day, it's a new opportunity. Who's who's God going to bring in my path today? The next one is faith is not faith. Faith is not faith until you do something. Okay? Okay? Just because you're reading the Bible and the Bible and the word of God says this and that and you're like, amen, amen, amen. That's a great word. Or you come to church and you hear something, boy, that was so good. But God has been speaking to you about something for a while and you just keep, no God. Faith is not faith until you put it into action. How many of you have been in a place where you just think, man, there is no way out? The only way that I'm gonna see it, get through this is God. How many of you have ever had your adrenaline flowing like that? It's like, Wow, God, that was a rush. That was something. Let's do it again. Right? Kids are that way. My son had his adrenaline rushing a little bit yesterday. He got on a motorcycle. Now, he's, he's rode, ridden a lot of four-wheelers. That We were over Dan and Leah's, and I was in charge. The boys got their motorcycles out, and my boys thought it would be great to, you know, take a spin. 
And of course, you know, I've ridden motorcycles and four-wheelers, and I'm thinking, eh, I can. So Ethan gets on this motorcycle, and it's a two-stroke with a power band. Say no more. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I said to my wife, I said, oh, what's a power band? Is that what you're asking me? Well, before I go there, I have to ask you, what is a tricycle race? As I was asking Diane, is it the three-legged race? Is it the thing where you put the tie? Like an actual tricycle. Are they going to be provided? Or do you have to bring your own tricycle? John, bring your tricycle, all right? John's like, this is something that I have, God has gifted me in. You'll be going through, don't you, you live in Blasburg, right? You guys will be driving through Blossburg and John will be down the sidewalk <laughs> with his tricycle. Just practicing, just practicing, working it out. All right, what was the question? Oh, power band. All I know, and, and, and you know, there's a real spiritual message about this. All I know is when you, Dylan, where's Dylan? <sighs> Dylan knows all about a power band. All I know is when you take that throttle and you go like this, I mean, it revs up, but then there's a point where it just takes off like a jet. It's like, like that. You know, it's just like there's nothing in between. It's this, and then it's, okay? And you can hear it go. Well, I just happened to glance over, and Ethan took off, and all of a sudden it's like, and I'm thinking, he's never ridden this thing before. And I look between a barn and a garage, and I see Ethan like this. I'm like, he's never, I mean, he's ridden a motorcycle maybe once. But he's like this. And I'm like, this can't be good. This is not something that, you know. <laughs> Next thing I know, I see Ethan, and the motorcycle is still going. Needless to say, we have a few parts to replace and I got in trouble when I got home. By the way, I, I celebrated my 17th anniversary with my wife yesterday. So I still got in trouble. It's my anniversary. Honey. But Ethan got to find out what the power is all about. How many of you know we need a little bit of a power band in our spiritual life, though, right? We need to just wind it out. Just like, you know, not, not none of this, you know, it's all or nothing, right? You either got to just, you can't just go half. You can't just go a little bit. You got to just give it all you got. But experience, you know, sometimes we do wreck, right? Sometimes, you know, things don't go always the way they are supposed to. But through practice, through experience, Ethan's like, Dad, you rode one of those before? Man, how did you do that? I'm like, well, Ethan, you can't get on it for the first time and just go like that. All right? You, you just got to, you know, you got to work into it. Take it easy a little bit. Huh, nothing's going to happen. I'll never wreck. How many parents have ever heard that, right? We're invincible. So I did kind of have to laugh a little bit to myself later. But uh, anyways, part two, 
Number six, don't put limitations on God's ability to provide. Don't put limits on God. And when this widow was going out and getting all these empty vessels, I'm sure there's probably a lot of her neighbors that were thinking, what is this silly widow thinking now? What's she going to do with all those empty vessels? She's gone nuts, right? But don't put the limits on what God can do for you. I want you to turn, turn your Bible, 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14. I'm going to read this from the message. Elisha came down sick. It was a sickness of which he would soon die. Jehoash, king of Israel, paid him a visit. When he saw him, he wept openly, crying, My father, my father, chariot and horsemen of Israel. Elisha told him, Go and get a bow and some arrows. The king brought him the bow and arrows. Then he told the king, Put your hand on the bow. He put his hand on the bow. Then Elisha put his hand over the hand of the king. Elisha said, Now open the east window, and he opened it. Then he said, Shoot, and he shot. The arrow of God's salvation, exclaimed Elisha. The arrow of deliverance from Aram. You will do battle against Aram until there's nothing left of it. Now pick up the other arrows, and Elisha, said Elisha. He picked them up. Then he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground. The king struck the ground three times and then quit. And the holy man became angry with him. Why didn't you hit the ground five or six times? Then you would have beat Aram until he was finished. As it is, you'll defeat him three times only. What's the point of this message? Don't limit God. There's got to be a little bit of passion behind what you do. When he said strike the ground, you know, sometimes we just kind of like, or we just give it a little bit of a, when we strike the ground, you've got to strike the ground and strike the ground repeatedly. There's got to be something behind. There's got to be emotion behind what you do. And I'm trying to teach my kids, and I'm, you know, in sports, I say first in the natural, then in the spiritual. There's something about things that God takes you through in the natural that there's a spiritual message to it. And I learned that a long time ago when I was wrestling. You can't just go halfway. You can't just give a little bit. You can't just give 99%. You got to give like that power band's got to kick in. There's got to be a point where there's just like no return. You're all in. How many of you want your kids to just whatever they do? I don't care what it is. I want my kids to find something, whatever it is, that they will put their whole heart into and that they will believe in because I believe that that's, that's what we've got to encourage and I mentioned about Garth Watson, and I had several conversations with, with Frank, but one thing we were talking about is preparation and how key preparation is. Not just in the physical sense, but preparation for our mental state of mind. There's something about knowing that you have done all that you can do. I've done everything that I can. And we were talking about, he said, you know, there was times when it was sub-zero, there was 10 below, and and he said, I just, you know, hey, Garth, he said, you going to go for your run today? Yeah, he said, I'm going to go for the run. Or it was pouring down rain. And this was when he was in high school and, and, and training for cross country. Pouring down rain. Now, this isn't with the team. This is just him doing his, what he's disciplined himself to do. And how many of you know, 
whatever God's calling you to do, it's not always going to be easy every single day. There's going to be a lot of days where you get up and say, I do not want to do this. But he said, you know, in, 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 I don't know if it was districts or whatever, and they were lined up or getting ready to race. And Frank said, I went up to him and said, hey, Garth, he said, how many of these guys do you think were running when it was pouring out, pouring down rain? He said, how many of these guys do you think were running when it was like 10 below zero? Mm, probably not many. He said, all right. There's something about knowing that you have done everything that you can do. You know, there's, I can't tell you how much the mental state of mind and having known that you have done everything prepares you for that moment when God puts you to the test or when God allows you to go through things that you know that, hey, I can do this. Our faith is built on us preparing ourselves and reading the word and praying and, and being obedient to his calling. Amen? First in the natural and then in the spiritual. First Corinthians 15, verse 46. I believe that God reveals secrets through the natural that only those that have eyes to see and ears to hear with the Holy Spirit see something in the natural but understand it in a much deeper level in the spirit. God will take you through things in the natural sense, but you're going to see a spiritual value to it. First the natural, then the spiritual. You've seen those shirts, no pain, no gain, right? Jesus said that a long time ago, right? In James chapter 1, consider it pure joy when trials and tribulations come your way. No pain, no gain. Consider it joy when I have pain. That's kind of a not, you know, an oxymoron. But the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Next principle, shut the door on doubt. And I touched on this a little bit the last time. But he told the widow, after you collect all the vessels, go in and shut the door behind you. Again, shutting out any of the naysayers. And I think about Noah. We watched the movie of Noah and obviously there was a lot of things that were not factual not scriptural but it did give you kind of a perception of what Noah must have endured when he was building the ark and all of the people that were critical and making fun of him and you think about how long he had to go through this 120 years 120 years he's building this ark and it hadn't ever rained on the earth like it even rains today. I mean, they, they got their moisture through just like a mist. It never rained like this. So he's building an ark. How crazy is that? God told him to build an ark. Nuts. Matthew verse, chapter 7, verse 6 says this. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and then turn and tear you to pieces. Moral of that story is this. Be careful who you share your dreams with. Just because God gives you a vision and God gives you a dream, be careful who you talk to about that. Because I think there's a lot of um, dreams that are stillborn 
because we have shared that with the wrong person. And there's people out there, whether the, the intent is there or not, that are just, either they're jealous and they're just looking to just rip you apart or say, okay, how crazy, you know, there are things that God has destined you to do that are much bigger, much bigger than the human mind can even comprehend. And the only people I believe that are going to encourage you in that are people that in faith will get, yeah, I believe that can happen. In the spiritual sense, I can see that. Yeah, that's big. So be careful who you share. Next principle, poor until there is no more. The widow provided the effort while God made the miracle. And I think if there had been more empty vessels, the oil would have still continued pouring. And I think there's a message for us here. As long as we can begin to bring in empty vessels, God's anointing is going to continue to pour. As long as we go out and we find the loss and we find the hurt and you're thinking, you know, how's God going to provide? God will provide the provision as long as we bring in the empty vessels. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply. Listen to that. Will supply and, say it. Supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. I believe if what you have is insufficient to meet your need, then it's your seed and not your harvest. When you look at your situation and if you look at what you have and you say, this isn't enough. I don't have enough. There's no way that I can possibly do this. Whatever your need is, give it away. Think about that. Whatever your need is, give it away. If you need time, give it away. If you need finances, give it away. It's like the farmer. Think about it. There's many here that are farmed. Dale, Ben, if you took the seed that you had and you decided to feed it to the cows, how long would that last? Would it even be enough for a day? Think about the multiplication in the seed that is planted and what God does to that. It's the same way in our lives. Sometimes what we have isn't meant for us. It's meant to give it away. It's meant to plant. It's meant to sow into somebody else so that it can be multiplied 10 times, 100 times, 1,000 times, over. Amen? So that your cup is running over. Next principle, move beyond, beyond, move beyond the miracle. God gives great miracles for a divine purpose. He doesn't give it to us just so we can be like, wow. It's not for just our appreciation or our, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Enjoyment, entertainment. God didn't provide miracles for our entertainment. 
even though we love to see it, right? It's for a divine purpose. Um, turn to 1 Kings 17, 8 through 12. This is about another widow at Zarephath, starting with verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, Elisha. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, what would you bring me? Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going to get it, he called, oh, by the way, bring me, please, a piece of bread. Verse 12 says, as surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and take a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Now, when you think about this message, this story, what's your first reaction when you think about him going a man of God going to a widow. Now think about the widow. She has no means of support. But yet he's going to a place of want, going to somebody that needs something, and putting a heavier burden on her for something that he needs. What's your initial reaction to that? That took nerve. How many times has that happened to you? Somebody calls you and ask you to do something, or ask you if you could, and maybe you're struggling financially. And they say, hey, you know, would you be willing to give some, you know, I, I know, really? It's Kylie's favorite saying, really, Dad? <laughs> really? Seriously? Right? How many of you just, like, hang up the phone, and you're like, are you kidding me? What about me? <laughs> what about my need? We're all concerned about sister so-and-so. What about me? Right? What about you? What if God is actually wanting to show you a miracle? What if this very thing that you think is your source is not your source? It's to be given away. The widow found out that the miracle that she needed was already in her house. She just needed to recognize it and activate it. And Elijah said to her in verse 13, don't be afraid Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small cake of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me. And then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day of the Lord, until the day the Lord gives rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. Not only is what she had was enough for Elijah, but it was also more than enough for her and her son. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry. In keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. So the answer to her need came from something that she already had. Miracles are not magic, but multiplication. Obedience to his word and faith in his promise puts what we have into God's hands so that it can be multiplied. Luke chapter 6, 
verse 38. Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, they will pour into your lap. For by your standard of measure, think about it, by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. By your standard. So if your standard's little, it's going to be measured back to you. Little. So in closing, I just want to say this again. I believe this is the message that God is speaking to us here. That we need to give what we have. We need to give it away. We need to do everything that we can to give Because as long as we are pouring that oil into somebody else, as long as we're finding an empty vessel that we can pour into, God's just going to keep, it's just going to keep flowing. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Set your expectations high. Positive expectations. Believe for the impossible. Believe in everything that you do that God is going to, do even more than you can comprehend. Young people, believe that you're destined for greatness. Believe that you can accomplish anything that you put your hands to, that you put your mind to, that you put your heart to. Don't settle for second best. Amen? Let's just have everybody stand and musicians can come. Let's just bow our heads. Father, I just pray right now, Lord Jesus. Lord, if there's someone here that's just struggling, Lord, with an impossible situation. Lord, they need a miracle. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, that you would just show them, Lord, what it is that they have, Lord, that you can use. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, that maybe you've been speaking to them about something that they need to give give away, Lord, we pray. Lord, that you would just reveal that to them, Lord, that you would give us the faith to step out, Lord, to do something, Lord, that is so big. But, Lord, that you would meet every need that we have. If that's you, I just challenge you to come this morning and to get prayer so that you can be lifted up, that you can be motivated, that you can be stirred up, that God can restore to you what the locusts have stolen. Amen?